Welcome to the IoT Review, presenting unbiased insights on the industrial internet of things from experts around the world. And here's your host, Sravani Bhattacharjee, to discuss yet another fascinating aspect of the industrial IoT journey that may positively impact your business and your customers. Hi, and welcome to the IoT Review. Almost every discussion on the Internet of Things these days is underpinned by some alluring numbers like 50 billion connected devices by year 2020, global GDP growth in the order of trillions of US dollars, and so on. Now, when we look at such numbers and also the forecast from various industry analysts, we do get a sense of the impact of IoT and its pervasiveness across almost every industry vertical, including the government sector and societies at a very large scale. Many businesses today are actively considering or even adopting uh, IoT, but if we really want to enjoy the benefits and ROI, a proper business strategy around IoT is very important. So in today's episode, we'll focus on various aspects of enterprise IoT strategy. And to discuss on the topic, we are joined by a proven player in the M2M and IoT markets. He is the former CEO of Wireless, which got acquired by Cold Wireless in um, April 2016. He is also an investor and board member in many IoT businesses. Friends, let's welcome Dan McDuffie. Dan, welcome and thanks for joining. Thanks, Ravani. Nice to be here. Okay, so before we do a deep dive on the topic, tell us uh, something about your journey and role in the M2M and IoT markets. Sure, sure, Sarani. So um, I I started my career in the telecommunications business in the early 1990s and spent a lot of time in that traditional long-distance and internet businesses. Uh, as we got into, you know, the the uh, the 2000s, and and then um, got into uh, the the M2M space. Back then, of course, we called it we called it machine to machine communications. Uh, when I was approached by Wireless, which at the time was a Euro, small European based managed services provider, uh, the market at that time liked to call us data MVNO. And uh, what Wireless did was uh, very much focused on providing cellular connectivity on a managed network uh, through multiple mobile operators to enterprise customers who were looking to deploy IoT, or well, at the time we would call it M2Ms. <clears throat> Our customer base was a, um, a broad range of ASPs and service providers and, and enterprises that were doing uh, doing uh, remote management of devices. They were in the fleet tracking business or they were in um, uh, things like parking meters or water meters or tracking of uh, pallets, uh, robotics. We had a big contract with ABB, which is a big Swedish company, and ABB's robotics division was doing remote management of their of their robots, of their manufacturing robots on other manufacturers' floors around the world. So this is pioneering um, in the IoT and M2M space. Uh, uh, the year, by the way, was around 2006. So this is 10, you know, 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, you know, this was just at the advent of cellular data being able to be used 
um, as a uh, as a transport. You know, before you know, this was now at the time was 2G data was the best that you can do. Of course, these days we've gone from 2G to 3G to LTE. Anyhow, long story short, I started the U.S. side of wireless uh, back in two, uh, late 2006, early 2007, and over time grew the, the U.S. business to be a significant piece of the global business. I took over as CEO in 2011. Uh, the company, um, between the time when I was there and when, we, when I left and ultimately we sold the company, you know, went from just a few million dollars in revenue to over 50 million in revenue from just a few tens of thousands of devices to, you know, 3 million plus connected devices in something like 60 countries around the world through probably 18 mobile operators. So as such, I got to see many, many, uh, I mean, our customers, we had hundreds and hundreds of customers and I saw many different types of IoT and M2M deployments of course, specifically on cellular, um, you know, and I saw them of all different types of scale, you know, from people that were tracking, you know, uh, livestock, you know, whales in the ocean to all sorts of, uh, you know, so very scientific things to just scale deployments of things like, you know, meters and uh, tracking devices across many hundreds of thousands of vehicles or uh, other things. So that's kind of my background. I left Wireless. We, uh, it was a, we were acquired by our largest competitor. We, I think at the time, were probably second largest in the world and Core was, was first. So together, Core and Wireless are clearly the largest um, data, you know, cellular-based, you know, managed services provider in the world. And, and uh, from since then, I've really been working um, in, a, in a number of different areas um, around cell, um, cellular security, around uh, IoT security, and also in, uh, in other areas like um, IoT analytics and so forth. Yeah, it's really an honor to have you here, Dan, and we're really excited to talk more Thank on you. this topic. So uh, much of uh, enterprise IoT, you know, is about driving better insights and outcomes by digitizing assets, co uh, collecting asset data, running smart analytics, and so forth. Now, to do all of this, and of course, if there's anything else you uh, want to add, that's fine. What is the journey a typical enterprise needs to take up? Uh, and when I say enterprise, on one hand, of course, we have the Microsofts and IBMs who are the providers of platform devices and infrastructure and so forth. And then there's also companies like the John Deere's and the Disney's who are the early adopters of IoT plus many, many small, mid-sized and even micro-industrials who are looking to adopt IoT. So please tell us uh, about some key considerations in drafting an IoT strategy for enterprise adopters, strategy which can sure. really help them um, generate the expected ROI. Sure. So, uh, you know, this is a huge topic. And, you know, IoT adoption is, you know, it, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different industries. There's been a lot of discussion around transformation, right? There's a big buzzword around how IoT can provide transformation in the, in the enterprise. You know, but under all of that buzz, you know, it really comes down to how an IoT strategy uh, resonates and then, you know, within, within a specific organization, you know, an enterprise, uh, and then how it, um, 
how it you know it impacts um, their business, you know, is very much dependent on you know return of investment ROI. And w- way too often, what happens is people talk about transformation, and then they talk about you know these huge projects uh, where you have to look at the entire business, and then you know you end up the many of these companies end up in what I would call proof of concept jail, where they're you know, constantly, you know, trying to trying to think in, in very large, you know, very large swaths of how they can transform their business. In reality, the most important thing in considering IoT is is solving a specific problem. And perhaps the best way to do that is to is to try and solve what I would call an edge problem, which is to look at something that's very, very specific. I call this uh, or this is being called, I've heard it before, why they call it hybrid IoT strategy. So a hybrid IoT strategy is really looking at one specific element within the organization, within the enterprise, within a product, and trying to understand how you can be very impactful to, to the business um, if you can solve a specific problem, okay? And uh, if you can solve that specific problem through better analytics by getting data by connecting a device you know then then this is where you can start to see incremental ROI from developing a you know an IoT strategy around one specific problem that edge problem then once you know once you've looked at that and you've understood how you can use um, these new technologies you know cloud connectivity analytics remote management, any of these things or all of them in concert with each other to, you know, to solve that problem. That's when kind of working from the edge back into the core of the organization, you can start to develop a larger strategy. So I think that incremental is really the way to go in the early stage is to look at a specific problem and say, you know, how can we use today's technology to solve that? And then how does that impact the, uh, the enterprise or the organization, the product? the ROI, and then as you prove that, then you can look at others, you know, incrementally, other problems or other products or other, you know, other uh, initiatives within the organization and how you can use similar concepts to do that. That drives a broad strategy. Broad stroke strategy to me, especially with large organizations, but even in, you know, whatever old-fashioned manufacturing, a broad stroke strategy is one that can take Many many years and it's very sales forward because it's you know it's it's uh, it's it's fraught with with uh, with all, all sorts of issues. Yeah, I heard you mention about the proof of concept jail kind of a thing, you know, in a loop. Um, how to come out? I mean, uh, can you just reiterate that part because I think that's important for um, just to look yeah, at it. Well, how to not yeah. get stuck? How to not get get stuck? Indeed. Well, how to not get stuck really is to have a specific, you know, really to have specific KPIs that you're trying to solve, you know, and and then, you know, uh, having those goals and understanding that, and it's really about picking the right problem to solve, you know. I mean, if there really isn't, IoT doesn't, doesn't not necessarily every business is going to be transformed by, by IoT. So transformation of the enterprise is, it's a huge buzzword that consultants will love to, do, to, to, to sell 
you know, um, uh, an enterprise on an IoT transformation. I think the fuzzier that transformation, then the more money they're going to pay the consultant, you know, or uh, to try and, you know, to try and get to the bottom of what some, you know, what a strategy might be. So to me, you know, it's really around having a KPI, having a specific problem, something that really has to be solved, you know, in order, maybe in order for the product to, to work or it doesn't necessarily have to be product driven it can be you know it can be um, you know operational driven and then understanding what the steps are that you need to take to solve that problem and uh, then having the right partnerships in place I would say I mean you know how do you get out of you know proof of concept jail was you know if you know what needs to be sold and you you know and and that's and, and it's very clear what those KPIs are then I think very quickly quickly is a relative term, you know, um, one can understand how solvable it is and, you know, and whether or not the partners that they've chosen to help them to do that are the right ones, you know, um, and, you know, the, the, the best, you know, I would say the best, um, the best way to measure that is to do the, the research up front to, you know, have some, some peer review, uh, you know, maybe look at um, what, other like companies have done, you know, make sure that, you know, the partners being chosen have a good track record and, you know, and, uh, and really know what you want to get out of it. I mean, I, really, I, th I think it's a, it's a complicated question because it's different for every enterprise, right, really, right? But I think that, you know, understanding up front what needs to be solved and then making sure that you have KPIs that, that, that drive back to it, I think, are the, are the, are the most important um, elements of ensuring that um, that's, that that uh, that it's successful, the strategy. Yeah, and I also heard you say that, you know, you really have a, a real problem to solve. It's not just getting into the IoT bandwagon, but having a real problem that can be transformed, digitally transformed. So that's also, I think, very um, important to have a successful uh, transformation and um, profitability gains and so forth. Yeah, it could be really simple. I mean, I'll use an example, uh, you know, um, medical device company, you know, um, has uh, they're 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 moving, um, you know, they they're moving to a model where they want they they want to charge uh, for the use of the of the device rather than to sell the device. They're moving to kind of, you know, equipment as a service. So I don't know. Every time the dialysis machine is used, you know, then. That there's a charge back to the hospital or the clinic or the patient or whatever. Um, right. And so that so then you know in order to do that, you know you could you know you need to be able to measure how often the device is is used. It's you know it's and and then that means that you have to have some measurement on the device when it's on. You know how often it's being used and you know and then how do you get that data back in order to be able to bill for the usage as a model. You know, that's something that would be very specific. You know, something very simple in, in also in the medical business is a lot of times, you know, these devices, um, you know, they, they uh, you know, they get used and then they get put away somewhere where, you know, where uh, somebody can't find them. And, uh, you know, you can't get paid to use a device if you don't, you know, if you don't know where it is. So, you know, just something as simple as saying, you know, I want to know where my device is at all times so that, 
you know, if um, if this if this company uses it, um, that was used by the way as a um, as a uh, uh, an example in in a recent panel I was on, and it was around cleaning equipment. You know, people come out and they clean at night, but then they put it in the wrong place, and then the next guy shows up and he can't find the cleaning equipment to which you know where where was it stored? And you know, something as simple as that. Um, is a that's a very real life problem, which is a very simple problem to to solve in the you know in in the M2M or IoT world. You know, in both cases, in the case of being able to get the data off of a device to see how often it's being used, and or to just very simply just say, hey, where is my device? You know, because it's not where it's supposed to be today. So these are all very real real life examples of a specific problem or a specific outcome that you'd like to that you'd like to um, in the in the case of the dialysis machine it could be transformative to the business because you're moving from you know selling the machine to basically selling a machine as a service in the case of the cleaning equipment it's it's just a simple operational problem where if you don't know where the equipment is, you can't use it, right? So when you need it, it's not there, then you've got a problem. So that's a problem that could be easily solved just using location-based technology, whereas the first one is much more of a transformative business model, you know, uh, uh, discussion, you know? So I think it's different for every, for every company and it's different for every problem or for every kind of piece of transformation. And, um, and it's, you know, and the important thing is understanding what those are well in advance of starting to try and figure out what the strategy is and how to, how to use kind of the move to, you know, to digital as, as part of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in developed economies, uh, now we'll move a little bit into the various challenges. Now, in developed economies like in the U.S., U.K., and some other parts of the world, we are already seeing how field data and analytics is driving new sources of revenues, customer engagements, opening up new sales and marketing channels and so forth. But then in less developed parts of the world or even in less tech-savvy sectors like, you know, industrial, manufacturing, oil and gas, etc., what does adopting an IoT strategy really mean? Uh, where I'm coming uh, from is that we are talking about the sectors which have been traditionally siloed. They run very old proprietary technologies, if at all. Does it mean that their operations, supply chain has to be completely redefined to adopt and implement um, IoT? I don't think so. Uh, I think that, I mean, first, you know, it's kind of two different things is old, old fashioned manufacturing maybe or an industrial on one side and then there's you know there's developed markets you know that are less developed you know i think in the less developed markets the 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 opportunities are as big if not bigger than 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 even in developed markets you know and these are markets that traditionally are leapfrogging the developed markets you know i mean uh you think of markets in for instance africa or southeast asia or india and so forth where you know the move to cellular here's leapfrogging, you know, the landline business. There's, you know, they, they you know, they, these are, you know, people who didn't, you know, the villages that only had a single phone somewhere in the, in the middle of the village that people had to, to wait in line to use. Now, you know, now there's people walking around with mobile phones. 
you know, and um, so I believe that the ability for IoT to actually be transformative in those markets is quite is is much bigger and uh, and and much broader because you're you're able to leapfrog extremely old technology, you know, um, to to a new way of doing business, and so. Um, so I think in developed markets, there's huge opportunities. I do think that they're quite complex because you are talking about potentially, you know, as you mentioned, you know, redefining, uh, rebuilding from, from scratch a technology, you, know, you know, because the technology underlying is, is, is so old, you know, and used yeah, in the... Even the, the supply era, chain, you, even the supply yeah. chain, the whole ecosystem, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, yes, indeed. I mean, look at uh, India meter, electric meter reading is a perfect example. Today, the way that the electric companies, from what I understand, and at least from some years ago in India, you know, there's literally guys running around, you know, going in, looking at the meter and then printing a bill and, and, and then collecting the money you know, right there. Right. And so obviously, you know, this is because of the way that, you know, the infrastructure is so old, you know, and and uh, and it's a manual. I mean, there's probably, who knows? I mean, you know, obviously India is massive, so there must be, there's probably tens of thousands of these these workers that that's what they do. You know, they, they walk around, you know, physically, manually reading meters and then writing down a, in a you know, or putting in some kind of a device, how much that was in that customer and then the bill and then, you know, and I mean, can you imagine the waste and the fraud and the potential for, you know, I mean, all of the issues that come around with all of that where... Um, in the rural just, you know, and uh, in the rural and remote areas, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what... I mean, just, you know, and so clearly, I mean, a, an entirely new infrastructure, you know, not can, but I'm sure will be built over some over years and that infrastructure will be taking into account you know all of the technologies that are available that you know that um you know that have been incrementally you know put in place you know here you know i mean or in europe i mean you know in the u in the u.s now you know you have trucks that run around and go through neighborhoods and they just read the rf of the meters and even that is old-fashioned, at least to us, right? And so, so I believe that the potential for the IoT and, and and not just IoT, but any type of internet, you know, digital technology to transform and uh, transform in the, you know, we're using that buzzword, but I think in emerging markets, it really is transformation. You know, in in older industries, I think it's 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 much more complex, but. It's very. I think it's very specific to the industry itself. You know, uh, most many industries, uh, even old, you know, old-fashioned manufacturing. You know, they have, they have, um, you know, IT infrastructure, and you know, uh, you think of things like in the SCADA world, or you think about, you know, in in the oil and gas industry, these guys have used very, very expensive satellite communications. And I believe that um, it really, you know, where, where IoT helps there or M2M technology or connectivity is, is just really looking at are there better ways to do things that you've done a different way, 
you know, for a long period of time, you know, and, and if so, when, and maybe the answer is, you know, is no, in some cases, you know, uh, you know, I don't think, you know, I think that connectivity to some, you know, underground mine, you know, in, in the middle of a very, very remote area um, is very likely to be the same kind of a technology now as it was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, you know, which is, you know, they have, um, you know, they have a satellite dish, right? <laughs> and underneath the satellite dish, it, you know, they have, you know, that, that's wired down into, into the, into the mine underneath. And, you know, maybe, maybe as time goes on, you know, the sensors get smarter that you could put underneath and, you know, that, you know, people could be actually running around now with, you know, with, uh, with smartphone type handsets. You know, but in the end, you know, it's still going to be a satellite dish that's sitting there that's providing the connectivity back and forth because of how remote the location is. So I think that some things change and some things don't change. I think it depends on the specific case. But clearly, technology is moving faster than it ever has. And all of these, you know, these, there's, there's opportunities everywhere. It's a matter of, of really analyzing the business and, and even going back to our first question. If it, you know, is there a specific problem? I mean, if there's no problem with the way you make your widgets today and you're a profitable company and you're, I don't know, you're like in the iron ore business and you're, you know, you're pressing, you know, pipes, right? And making steel, you know, I mean, I don't know that, you know, that, that uh, the way you're doing it today is going to be, you know, is there, is there a room for improvement um, especially in in this world of you know of of commoditization, you know, I, I yeah I think it's very very specific to the industry as to how something can be adopted that will that will change that. And I think it gets all right back to the first point, which is understanding where the problems are and, and if there are problems that could be can be you know um, that could be solved by you know, by improve, you know, improving the OT, the operational technology or the IT, you know. Yeah, and change is uh, probably expected. You know, change sometimes scares us, um, but we have to be ready for the change and plan. I mean, that's the whole purpose of talking about strategy. So plan according. There will be some changes even in organization, operation, supply chain, uh, the whole ecosystem. So uh, how we mitigate that. Some change, uh, they may be more or less, as you said, depending on which industry, which particular use case. But then, uh, you know, when we look, if you, if uh, the strategy is correct, then we can, uh, of course, embrace that change and uh, go in the right direction. Right. Yeah, and I think internally to an enterprise or organization, it's about focusing on, you know, having people in the organization that have, um, you know, the expertise that really, you know, understands how to apply IoT or, you know, or other, you know, new technologies to make better decisions. Right, or in a, specifically around kind of optimizing companies' processes, and you know, this is can, this can be internal, it can be external to the organization. But I think it's really, you know, you're looking at your processes. You have people who understand the technology and where technology is going. These can be external, these can be internal, or it can be a, it should be a mix, I would guess. And then, you know, you're able to start to make decisions based on 
you know, on on how we can improve our processes in order to in order to do. You know, that's that to me is what leads to adoption. And today, you know, adoption is very slow. I mean, I think that you see, you know, there's lots of buzzwords, as you said in the, in the opening, Sravani, you know, 50 billion devices. We've been hearing that for a long time and trillions of dollars of GDP and all sorts of stuff. But, you know, you realistically, if you look at traditional enterprise, even many of the enterprises that, you know, that would say that they have you know, that they're, that they're, you know, that they have a, a large IOT strategy. If you look under the covers of maybe, um, you know, they're, they're in their business units, I think, I think the, the real adoption is very slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some other reasons, like, you know, if you look at the whole IOT ecosystem, it almost, uh, today, it almost feels like a giant incubation tank to me, you know, because almost every other day we are hearing about, um, a new IoT platform being rolled out. I think I heard from you a large number of platforms out there. Is that right? Yeah, literally <laughs> hundreds, three hundred or four hundred. Yeah, it's exactly. Well, and then there are innovations. You know, we are seeing a lot of innovations in instrumentation, embedded software, cloud. Um, based platforms, applications, analytics, and so on. Now, each solution, no doubt, it has a, its own promise, a compelling promise, but then often they seem to be competing and also highly complex. Now, for an industrial IoT adopter, again, we are talking about the less tech-savvy sectors, what is the best bet to go about choosing the right solutions which can um, really help them drive profitability and ROI? Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, you know, again, big question and very specific. The answer is very specific, you know, um, to, to what, what the problem is, you know, and I think it would be, it's a good place to, I think a good place to start would be being, you know, being an adopter, um, a member of some, you know, look at what, I was going to say some forum, you know, it's what's great about, the you know the council um, you know which is one of the largest uh, has one of the largest enterprise adopters the IMC they call themselves is that there's tons of information and there's tons of adopters uh, across most types of enterprise and industrials around the world and I, I think that the, I think it starts with you know maybe really understanding across the peer group you know what are your what are peers competitors like companies doing and you know and who are they working with you know um because there are so many there are so many different companies out there and i i think that uh, the all encompassing platform play which is you know uh, uh you know we're you know fully end to end from you know from device to cloud to connectivity in the middle and you know there's a lot of these kind of you know full um stacks type companies that have come out um i think um i think that they are very much focused on the maker community versus the industrial market i think starting with so so i would as an as an industrial i would kind of stay away from the whole end to end story on the flip side you know going to the really big guys you know the IBM's Accenture's of the world um you know i think you know is very broad and again i think that um that doesn't say that you know you can't get great advice from you know if you already if you have an engagement with one of the big guys but 
I think that it's very, you know, very critical to, you know, to um, to start with uh, with a trusted, you know, a trusted advisor that can help to really, really get the the points down as to, you know, what needs to what needs to be done, and then, you know, then try and, you know, figure out what are the parts of the stack that you need, both internally and externally, because too much, I think, uh, you know. Uh, you know, a company will look to completely outsource it when they have a lot of, you know, internal, you know, stakeholders that can probably do a lot of it themselves. And the flip side is how, you know, how complicated is the project and, you know, what do, what do you really need, you know, in order to, to get it done? It's, it's, it's a complicated question because it changes based on pretty much every problem that you're trying to solve. I don't think there's one thing to get, you know, that make that, I don't think there's one answer in terms of what's the perfect partner look like. Yeah. And, you know, the the question remains like, how do we maneuver through this um, myriad of solutions, even in a given part of the stack, uh, even in one part of the stack, let's say just, the edge computing. We have so many competing uh, solutions out there. And so how do we choose? So I, I hear you say that, you know, work with the right people. Um, sometimes some independent counseling also will be helpful. Uh, where there's I no think it's a good place uh, to start. Yeah. You know, I, th- mm-hmm. I do think it's a good place to start is with, is with a, you know, uh, some of the small kind of independent, you know, consult you know either consultants um that you know or or uh, strategy houses quote unquote and there's quite a few of them around you know that um that are are fairly well known and and i think that um in order just to i mean and this can be you know i mean this this is this can be a one or two day engagement in order to really kind of try and solve solve a little bit of a strategy is or or it could be a you know a couple of month engagement is something that could be quite simple you know many cases and again why i say it depends is you know a lot of this you can get from a mobile operator as an example because the mobile operators have you know the iot um strategy people or you know now some the cloud companies are you know have have some people and you know and and this is not you know in many cases in that case probably not even paid advice it's more if you do know that you're going to use you know cellular to do your connectivity then you know then bringing in several mobile operators and their and their um their enterprise teams you know i think you'll start you start to get a picture of what those mobile operator ecosystems because nine times out of ten and maybe seven times out of ten the mobile operator is is delivering these through an ecosystem of their own I would I would say clearly you don't want to be just relying on one. You know it would be better to mm-hmm. have to have a group. Uh, you know to you know to go the go the uh, the the traditional you know uh, enterprise way and kind of going out to some RFP or doing a selection process. But in that selection process, and, and again, you know there's a lot of um, you know smaller consulting groups um, that can help to kind of define that. And, and I think that it's, it, I think that building the partnership ecosystem is the, probably one of the hardest things because if you have the wrong, the wrong group of partners in, you've chosen a company that, you know, sounds better than they really are. And you know, the, the, you know, the slideware is, you know, is, 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 is more slideware than reality. I think that there's the potential can be, 
I'm not going to say devastating, but, you know, I, there's a very, there can be a very high failure rate in these projects. And we, you know, we, you know, we talked about proof of concept jail, you know, and this, this is an issue that, you know, that this is the, this is an issue around not having the right people on the project, you know, and that's mm-hmm. internal and external, very much both. And you have to have internal buy-in, you have to have, uh, you know, people who have a good understanding of, of, of the problem that you're trying to, to, to solve. You have to have the right partners in place. Uh, so I think that um, the more research up front, the more good advice up front, um, you know, then, uh, then the better the outcome. And, uh, of course, here we are talking about definitely some risks and uh, some investments also for enterprises. Uh, depending on the situation, it can be more or more or slightly lesser, uh, but the risk factor is always there. The investment factor is also always there. So what are, uh, are there any uh, trends? Let me put it this way. Are there any trends that you are seeing that you feel can better equip businesses and accelerate uh, adoption so that they can go past the pilots and we see more deployments at scale? Trends. Well, Clearly, um, quite a few actually. Um, so it, it again it depends very much on uh, on a specific case. But there's some, you know, obviously the move to the cloud is is, a, is huge, and you know the ability to to put more and more of the data and the processing power out into uh, into the cloud, and then you can not just connect things in the enterprise now to that cloud, but you can connect things outside of the enterprise. That's what IoT and machine-to-machine really mean. Um, the trend of, you know, the cost of the transport um, is is getting cheaper and cheaper, um, in some cases, you know, close to even free transport. <laughs> um, for instance, in what we would call low-power WAN technologies, uh, which is low-power wide area network, which is using unlicensed spectrum, um, you know, and uh, and even in in cellular infrastructure, and of course in Wi-Fi, you know, I mean, I know, um, you know, Wi-Fi is getting more reliable. Um, so there's all of these, you know, technologies now that can make the connectivity, um, you know, uh, almost, you know, almost uh, extremely cost-effective, not to say, you know, almost free, but extremely cost-effective. There's definitely a commoditization on the connectivity side in the cellular world, as an example, you know, and so, you know, what might cost tens of dollars or dollars, you know, can now cost, you know, tens of dollars, not to dollars, dollars down to cents, you know, in terms of connecting a device. Uh, so that's that's a big trend. Um, also, you know, the, the, the broad, the, you know, broadband cellular um, is another trend, you know, think about the advent of 4G and LTE, you know, that, you know, how that's transformed our lives, you know, as consumers that, you know, we used to run around with flip phones and we had 2G data and, you know, we were using primarily text and, you know, now you're running around with an iPhone 6 or 7, you know, that is completely connected on the broadband. You know, and the um, you know this advent of of broadband now is is going to be you know is going to have all sorts of opportunities now creating new business models or connecting things um, via cellular um, that you normally wouldn't have thought of bringing back. You know, uh, you think of terms of you know digital signs or you know connected cars 
uh, autonomous driving, all of that is being made possible by the advent of broadband cellular. So I think that that's, an, that's, that's another, another key area. You know, I think blockchain and some of these other, you know, technologies, which, by the way, are well beyond my, you know, um, my, my abilities to, uh, you know, to, um, you know, to talk about in, in great detail, but some of these, these new databasing technologies and things like blockchain um, are, um, are going to be, you know, huge opportunities around that, too. I would also say in AI, you know, decision-making processes right. that can mm-hmm. be automated is another whole, whole area. You know, that, that's, another, that's another area where the technology now is getting, is getting so sophisticated that where you might have had to have human intervention or you might have had manual processes. You know, you can completely automate some processes that, you know, just a year or two ago would, would have had to have been, you know, done completely differently. So I think these are all yeah. trends that can be that can be looked at. And, um, you know, and some of the, you know, some of, uh, you know, some of the uh, I, I've used, of course, I used the move to the cloud, but. You know, if you think very specifically now on what some of the big cloud vendors are actually, the tools that they're putting in to their to their solution. And, you know, and this is not just—I mean, Amazon is currently on the on the on the forefront of this, but it's not just Amazon. Obviously, it's it's you know Amazon, Microsoft Azure, and and others. Um, you know, uh, but uh, I know specifically in the Amazon. You know, we I have you know one of the, one of the companies I work with very closely. I mean, we're able to build an entire, you know, infrastructure that even just a couple of years ago, I mean, it would have cost, you know, 10 times, 100 times more in, in, in time, not just in, 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 in hard cost, but in time and in, in implementation and planning. And now, you know, literally all of the tools are there inside of Amazon's cloud to be able to, to just, you know, build things on, on demand um, that are very sophisticated and have all sorts of, you know, sophisticated databasing technology and the ability to mirror, and, you know, the ability to kind of back up and spin off and, you know, just really amazing um, new technology to be able to do, to do these um, things that you just couldn't do a year ago even, you know, and that, and yeah. that, and that continues on a, you know, on a quarter by, literally on a quarter by quarter basis. I mean, the, the, the technology is getting so much more sophisticated. So these are the trends to me that, you know, connectivity, the complexity of the tools now that are available at even lower and lower costs, just as, as um, on, literally on a quarter by quarter basis that are being rolled out. Um, I, I think that the, the most important thing are to have in, in, in the organization, in any organization that's looking to take advantage of these trends is, is to have, um, you know, real, you know, the, the, making sure that the people there, whether they're internal or external, you know, have, have a really good understanding, have real good background um, 
you know, on, um, on the, you know, in, in this and, and are therefore able to. Yeah. Yeah. So these are great technology uh, trends. And uh, of course, uh, to make a business impact, there are some business trends also, as you already mentioned, like there are, uh, there is, uh, there are many forums are coming up, the industrial um, internet consortium, then IMC also we spoke about, and we are seeing a lot of um, movement there and a lot of dialogue there, a lot of conferences because education and you know just the ability to having a dialogue is also very important then you also mentioned about um selecting the right partners um uh, developing the right ecosystems i'm sure if those uh, happen and even this podcast series actually was inspired by just that too just to have some so. dialogue yeah. going yeah absolutely yeah, so all these things um, uh, on the business side of things, of course, we are having a very rapid, very many enabling technologies and uh, architectures. And along with this, you know, uh, these are also, I, I see, um, uh, you, as you all already mentioned too, I mean, I'm just pulling it all together, uh, which will help us go beyond POCs and actually get out of the jail, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, you need people who have, you know, line of business expertise and you have people, you need people who have, you know, specific IOT, you know, business expertise. If you can put those people together in a room, then that's where I think you can really see a, a lot of, um, you know, good things happening fast, having the right, it's, it's really making sure you have the right, right people. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, I think we almost reached to the close of our conversation now. Do you have any comments in uh, closing then before we? Well, I think, yeah, look, I think I just, I think I just said them. I think having, you know, having the right partners is critical uh, in ensuring in order to, 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 uh, to have a successful adoption strategy, having the right partners are critical. Understanding what the problem that you want to solve, you know, or the or the area of of your of your process that you want to transform, I think are critical um, points. And then having the right people, you know, that can apply, you know, business expertise knowledge of the of the industry both from the from the business but also from the broader technology yeah you know are are also critical you put all of those things together and then uh really uh i think that you know that any company that that um that is is really thoughtful about how to how to you know put those things together will will uh, be well along their way and in, uh, in having a successful adoption. Wonderful. Thank you so much again. Uh, thanks for your time, and you shared so many great insights. I think. Um, Thank you, Sravani. It was a be, pleasure. Yeah, it'll, yeah, it will be uh, very useful on the topic of uh, you know IoT strategies for enterprises. And I do hope you'll join us again. Uh, yeah, we were talking. Yes, <laughs> we were talking to Dan McDuffie, uh, who is the former CEO of Wireless and now a very uh, well-respected advisor and uh, uh, board member for many in many IoT businesses. So, uh, Dan, if uh, any of our audience have any questions for you or uh, want to learn more, uh, is there a way to reach you? What's the best? Well, the best way actually is through LinkedIn. Um, okay. You know my, uh, you know I have a, a obviously my my LinkedIn profile is is uh, is always up to date. I use it quite a bit. Um, I can I can be uh, 
uh, found on there, uh, Dan McDuffie with an IE. And, um, and uh, my email address is danmcduffie at me.com, so also very easy. But I, I use LinkedIn um, quite a lot, and it's a good, it's a good way uh, to, uh, to get in touch with me and send me a LinkedIn request and a message along with it, and I I'd be, uh, you know, would be happy to respond. Thank you so much. You've listened to the IoT Review, an exclusive platform to discuss, learn, and harness the power of the industrial Internet of Things. To receive more insightful episodes, subscribe by visiting iot.irecamedia.com. We thank you for your support in empowering industries around the globe with the power of IoT.